What is going on, guys? Welcome to the very first episode of the You Bat 8th podcast, where our takes might not be the best, but they're good enough to keep us in the lineup. My name is David, and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts of the podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Glenn. And basically... And and hold on. I I am a Mets fan. I just want... We got to let everyone know the, the teams, you know, let the people know. I am sadly a Mets fan, so you'll learn that quickly about me. And I am a fan of the 2017 World Series champion, Houston Astros. And uh, I'm, I'm more down in Glenn's range of misery. I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan. Just got eliminated by the Dodgers yesterday, but we'll get into that later in the episode. Uh, so basically what we're going to be doing is just we're going to be recapping the wild card stuff, predicting the division series, some awards, uh, having a couple other segments in the show that you guys will have to stay tuned to find out about. But let me kick it over to Nick real quick to tell you a little more about the podcast as a whole. Right. So we basically got the idea for this podcast from a show, from a show game. So we were, we were all in a party, and we were listening to our friend David play a ranked game, and we noticed that this – this man's name was You Bad Eighth, and we all thought that was hilariously insulting. And so we thought, what a better name for a podcast than the You Bad Eighth podcast? Because we're all we're all fairly mediocre in life, but we're good enough to stay there. So, uh, I don't know if I should feel insulted by that. Or... <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the whole point. That's the, that's whole, the whole. That's the whole point. Like it makes you think a little bit, but. Uh, what do you say, guys? I think we can get right into the wild card round recap of the playoffs. Let's get it. All right, Nick, I'm going to let you start. Let's hear some uh, some AL wild card series. All right, so as far as the AL goes, the uh, the Yankees took care of the, the Indians as many as pretty much everybody thought that they would. Um, took care of them two games, pretty much demolished them. The Indians thought they had a chance. They almost came back in game two, but there wasn't – they had no chance of winning that series. The Rays swept the Jays in a pretty uneventful series. The A's and beat the White Sox in three games. Uh, that last game was kind of kind of crazy. Some weird managerial decisions made in that one. And then my Houston Astros swept the Minnesota Twins. So that's as far as the AL goes. Yeah, Glenn, go ahead uh, with some NL NL card recap. So the Marlins have never lost a playoff series ever. They are now seven and zero. They took care of the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs, like I said, after they won their World Series, how, where do you go from there? It took them one hundred and eight years to win one. You finally win one, and they're pretty much there's nothing to do now. Like now, the Cubs aren't the lovable losers anymore. So now no one mm-hmm. cares. So the Marlins took care of business there. Uh, the Padres took care of the Cardinals. I wouldn't say it's surprising, but there's a, te- like a team like the Cardinals who are professionals and they're always in it to see the Padres just be down one nothing, be down 6-2 in game two, and then just come back in game three and totally dominate it when 4 nothing is uh, pretty amazing for such a young team. So props to the Padres. The Dodgers took care of the Brewers. The Brewers basically wasted a spot, like I said they would do. Um, I mean, you can't really blame the, the Brewers too much. They, you know, they were hurt. The pitchers weren't, you know. And then Dame, uh, Williams, the best reliever in baseball, basically, wasn't even on the roster because of injury. So 
there's not much you can do versus a powerhouse like the Dodgers. Um, and then, you know, the Reds scored absolutely no runs in their series versus the Braves. Absolutely worthless performance by the Cincinnati Reds. Didn't belong there, obviously. Now, let me just say something overall about this wild card. Do not allow the Twins into the playoffs anymore. Do not allow the Cleveland Indians into the playoffs anymore. Baseball wonders why ratings are so low every single year, why they're not, you know, why isn't it like basketball or football and everyone's watching? Because these teams constantly make the playoffs and constantly choke and don't even put up a fight. We're tired of watching that. We don't want to see these teams get blown out by the Yankees every single year. You know, the A's finally crossed the hump versus the White Sox, but we like the White Sox kind of like, you know, they're exciting, they're young, and now the A's are going to go there and get beat in the next round. And then, you know, it's, I don't know, just these teams that make the playoffs every single year, basically, and do absolutely nothing with it. I am sick and tired of watching it. It's it's pathetic. The Twins, what, 18, 19 games in a row they haven't won? And then the Reds haven't won a playoff series since, what, 95 or something like that? I It's just, it's sad. It's just really sad. So, I'm tired of seeing it. But, yeah, that's my little rant for the wild card round. So, we can pretty much just go straight into the division series unless you guys have anything to add on. It's an interesting tidbit. You know, the seven, seven teams from the Central Divisions made the playoffs, and zero of them are moving on to the second round of the playoffs. The Central Division of both leagues is just terrible. And another little good stat, uh, our buddy Josh in the NL Central, all in the elimination game, scored zero runs, each yeah. and every single one of them. And, uh, you know, someone else, someone else in our chat said the NL Central was the best division in baseball because they got the most teams into the playoffs. Well, you can shut your mouth now because clearly they're not. Yeah, let me let me touch on that a little bit, you know, being being the Brewers fan, being the guy from the Central Division. I mean, all year the division looked really rough. I mean, a lot of people were expecting this division to be really good because there were four teams that, you know, you ask any intelligent baseball fan, they'd be like, you, you pick any four of those teams, and they're like, okay, that could happen. And none of the teams performed like it this year. The Cubs started 13-3. and three. And if you look at their record now, it is it does not look like they had that kind of hot start. Um, you know, and, and the, Marlin, the Marlins took care of them fairly easily. So I think it shows a lot about the NL Central and the AL Central, too. I mean, the AL Central, you know, we knew from the beginning it was going to be a dogfight between the three, the three top teams. And they just didn't look good. But, like, none of them look good. So when they don't look good facing each other, it's, you know, you just don't really see them against good competition. Like the Indians with the Yankees, like, you know, the Brewers with the Dodgers. It, it was it was not fun to watch. But, uh, but yeah, so that was our wild card recap. Uh, so now that we got all the matchups for the division series, where we'll get into predicting them. The first one that I got up on the card here is the Yankees versus the Rays. All right, so now with all our wild card series being wrapped up, we have all the matchups for the division series locked in. So let's get into our predictions for those. And the first series that I have on the card is the Yankees versus the Rays. Glenn, let's hear your predictions and thoughts on this series. You know, like the Rays are another team that make it every year, but they they they're not one and done. But they make it and usually get eliminated at this exact moment. Um. The Yankees finessed Major League Baseball. Uh, Stan, Judge were all out. LeMahieu was out. Gleyber Torres was out. Sanchez was All these guys were out, and they all conveniently come back like a week before the playoffs start. And now they're healthy. 
The team that everyone basically had winning the World Series at the start of the season is now fully healthy. I cannot, in good conscience, pick the Rays as much as I want to to win this series just because the Yankees are at full force. Um, and just, you know, Garrett Cole starting game one, like Garrett Cole's just been amazing. And usually I, I, you, I can't, I can't pick the race. I'm trying to convince myself in my head, but I can't, I'm going to go with the Yankees in this series. Um, I'll give the race a game. I say they win a game because they're a very fundamentally sound baseball team, which is a very good thing in, in the playoffs, but they just don't have the big bopper to trust. And the Yankees have plenty. So, I'm going to go with the Yankees in that series for sure. Nick, what do you think? In my opinion, the Rays always give the Yankees a hard time. No matter no matter who's healthy for the Yankees, no matter who's starting for the Yankees, the Rays always end up somehow giving the Yankees a hard time. I don't know if it's because they're in the vision or they just match up well. So I think I think the series is going to go five, but I do think the Yankees will end up winning in the long run just because of the pure firepower of their lineup. It's hard. It's hard to overcome, you know, Stanton and Judge and LeMahieu and just everybody in their lineup. It's so hard to overcome. No matter how good the race pitching can be and probably will be, I just think the Yankees will uh, win that series. But in five, David. All right, I'm gonna be the only one to lean the opposite direction. Um, I think the Rays pitching is is deep enough, it, you know, they got the starters that can go. I mean, in a five-game series with no off days, you're probably going four starters, maybe a bullpen day mixed in there. We know the Rays like to do some funny things. But their bullpen is good enough to pull off a, a good bullpen day. Um, I think I think their pitching is just so much deeper than the Yankees, and their lineup, they, they move around their lineup so much. I mean, you know, somebody has a lefty starting on the mound. Their lineup is stacked with righties, and they have no problem going to their bench, bringing in those lefties once you bring in a righty late in the game. So I really like how they play the matchups. I think their pitching is better than the Yankees pitching. So I agree with Nick. I think it's going to go five games, but I think the Rays pull it off in game five. All right. Uh, the next series we have is Houston versus Oakland. Uh, I'll start it off, and then I'll kick it off to you guys. <sighs> this, again... I don't want to pick Houston because I'm salty about 2017 and not because it had anything to do with my team, but um, I just, I, I feel like they should have been punished and banned from the postseason at least for a year. They did not get nearly the punishment they deserved, but that's for a whole different podcast. So I want to pick Oakland to win this series and I want uh, fires to like throw a perfect game, but it's not going to happen. Houston kind of like the Yankees where, their offense, you know, Altuve has been horrible and shockingly enough. Um, but Springer is, you know, free agent next year. This man's playing for a contract and he's going to ball out, I feel. Um, Correa's looking to prove all the haters and doubters and, you know, people like me wrong and just shut us up. And the whole Astros team now might have that swag back. Like, yeah, we won a series. We're not supposed to be here, apparently, according to you guys. And yet we're here and we're going to possibly make it to the championship series without cheating. So I feel like they have that swagger back. Oakland, again, is just one of those teams that never gets the job done. So I hope this series is good. I hope Oakland wins. But if I'm going to Vegas tomorrow and I have to put a bet down on this series, I'm going to take the bats of Oakland um, and just the, you know, the sheer storyline of, of Houston winning this series over what Oakland's angle could be. So, 
I got to go with Houston in this series. Nick, take it away because this is your team. All right. So, having watched the Astros play the A's an insane amount of times this year, the A's have had our number all season. But the playoffs are a totally different thing, as everybody knows, and the A's are only known for choking in the playoffs. I think, and especially with the Astros being able to I don't necessarily even think they're hot. I think they're just starting to, like, like Glenn said, get that swagger back that they had that they've been pretty much missing all season um, for various reasons. Um, I think hmm. they're, finally starting, they're finally starting to come through with some clutch hits. Um, and Matt Chapman's health is still up in the air, so he might not be on the Divisional Series roster. And so if he's not on the roster, if you take away the A's best player, you're relying on uh, – Matt Olson and Marcus Simeon to get you through a playoff series. And I'm not really sure how well that's going to go for the A's. And I hope for the love of God that Mike Fires pitches against the Astros. The A's have done a phenomenal job of hiding him from the Astros this season. If the A's want any sort of chance, I mean, he has to start a game in the series. He's one of their four best starting pitchers. That's going to be the must-see game in postseason history. (laughs) He's uh, managed to hide him from the Astros all season. The last time Mike Fires pitched against the Astros, he gave up five home runs in the first three innings. So uh, I can't wait for that. Obviously, it's going to be a, a – however far the Astros go, it's going to be storylines and people talking. I think it's going to be a good series. Obviously, I think the Astros are going to win. I think it will go five. All right, David? You know, I think uh... – I mean, there's really not much to say. You guys put it really well. You got both perspectives in of somebody from Glenn's side from, and then an Astros fan themselves from Nick. And uh, I'm just going to keep it short with this one. I got the Astros in four. And I think when the A's are down 2-1, game four is when Mike Fires takes the mound and the Astros just blow him up. And then that's, that's where they move on in the series. I think the, uh, maybe not so much, obviously, in the Astros pitching staff, but in their offense, you know, they, they've all got so much playoff experience, buzzer, not trash can or not, whatever it may be. They've all got playoff experience and they're getting their swagger back now because, I mean, let, you know, they've, they've always been that way in the postseason. I mean, that's, that's just who these young Astros players are. And so I, I think they're going to take care of the A's fairly easily. Like I said, I think the A's do get a game, but I got the Astros in four in that series. All right, so let's uh, let's move over to the National League, which probably has just as interesting series for different reasons. Um, let's start with this one, Miami and Atlanta. Now, uh, as a Mets fan, these two teams both <laughs> annoy the hell out of me. Um, I don't care who wins this series. I don't want either of them to win. But this is this series is very interesting. Let, here, let me tell you why. Miami has not lost the playoff series ever as we mentioned before. And Atlanta cannot get the damn job done, ever, ever. They won one World Series after winning like 15 of 16 uh, divisional titles, and they just constantly choke after choke after choke. And now they're facing a Marlins team that never loses a playoff series. Um, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't, the Marlins aren't even supposed to be here. They're, they're not good. <laughs> They're not. That's not a good team. But you know, with in 2020 with with COVID and, and everything going on, 
I'm picking the Marlins to win this series because why the hell not? I I mean, the Braves are the better team by far on paper. They, they've got three really good starters that I didn't think would be this good. Um, Ian Anderson is a young stud that um, I didn't think would be this good this soon. Um, and then you've got, you know, Maxie, who's just unreal. And then even, um, what's his name? Who am I forgetting? Kyle Wright. Right, yeah, right. I mean, they've they've got some pitching that I didn't expect them to really have here after losing, you know, Soroka, uh, by the way, in the Mets game. Um, and the Marlins, <laughs> I can name, you know, Yamamoto, I guess, is, is uh, Alcantara. Like, who are these guys? They're here. They're here. I can't really, you know, Marte broke his uh, hand in the Cubs series. They said he was uh, able to pinch run and play defense. I don't know how you play defense with a broken hand, but um, I don't know who's on the Marlins team, basically, and they're here, and I'm going to pick them to win just for, you know, just because. I, I don't have any other reason except it would be better for the Marlins to win because screw the Braves. So that's where we're going to go with. I'll, t- I'll take over from here. So I think I, th- I think we got I think we got to be a little more honest here about the whole Marlins not winning or never losing a playoff series. The Marlins have been a team since 2002, I believe. No, they won the and be- uh, they won and- the 97 World Series versus the Indians. It was I think it was oh, like nine- 97, right? It was so like 90 like it was like 95, 96. Around there somewhere, and, yeah. But but they their only their only playoff series is that World Series run in that you just brought up in ninety seven, and their World Series run in 03. Right. Other than that, all those good Marlins teams with you know Stan and Yelich and Jose Fernandez and you know those guys never made the playoffs. So before this year, yeah, the Marlins are undefeated all time in the playoffs, but it's it's two runs, you know. So I mean, I still think it's a cool stat, but anyways. Um, the, the Marlins pitchers that you were bringing up, yeah, I mean, they're no names, but I think that's because the Marlins are finally showing that their rebuild is working off because a lot of these guys are young. Yamamoto is a guy that they got from the Brewers in the Yelich deal. Uh, Sal- Sandy Alcantara is a young young stud for them that's coming up, throwing really well. Sixto Sanchez that they got from the Phillies in the Real Muto deal. Started this year really well, struggled towards the end. We'll see how he does in the playoffs, but... I mean, I think that's tough because they got a lot of young guys, but that's the Braves pitching staff too. So then you look at the offense, offenses and the Marlins just play small ball so much better than the Braves play the big ball. You know, the, the Braves swing and miss at a lot of stuff. So even if these young pitchers for the Marlins are struggling finding the zone, I mean, the Braves aren't a real patient bunch. Um, let me wrap it up. I think I think the Marlins are going to win this series. It may go five games, but if if I'm picking a winner, it's the Marlins. There's no logical reason that the Braves should not win this series, right? Agreed. Their pitching, their pitching is overall better. Their their offense is miles better than the right now between Acuna and Freeman and all the. It's just so much better than the Marlins, but the Braves just find a way to lose everything. You know, the, you know, the Braves fans, they're celebrating winning a wild card series in an ex- in a short season. Shout out, Josh. Shout out to Josh. Right? So, and so I was, as I was watching the Marlins game earlier today, you know, they kept, they kept bringing up, you know, uh, the Philadelphia reporter who called them or who said that the Phillies can't lose series to bottom feeders like the Marlins. And this was at the beginning of the year. And so they've had that chip on their shoulder the entire year. And they're even wearing shirts that say bottom feeders and BP 
and hanging in the dugouts during the game. So they have this chip on their shoulder that could let them win the series because, you know, they have the raw talent to be able to win the series combined with the Braves losing everything. I'm going to say that the Braves pulled out just because of how young and inexperienced the Marlins were. So I, th- I thought you, I thought you were going to go a different way with that. No, me too. No. So I, I mean, I will, I will say, I will say this though about the Marlins. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of young and experienced guys in that team, but they also got guys like Jesus Aguilar, who you know was there with the Brewers the last couple of years. Jonathan VR has been around a little bit. Um, I mean, Marte has been around. So I mean, even if he's not playing, you know, he's a veteran guy in the clubhouse that can help them out. But overall, you're right. Yeah, that's that's all. It's all true. I think I think the Braves finally pulled out. Just because of how, at a core of how much better their team is. Not necessarily because they're going to play better, but just because of how better as a core they are, if that makes sense. But now, let's let's be honest, if we're done with that series, we'll move on to the next uh, NL playoff series, which I think we can all agree, whoever comes out of this series is going to the World Series. Right. It's the Dodgers versus the Padres. I think this is going to be the best matchup in all of the playoffs. I think it's for sure going to go five games. Um, but before I start ranting, Nick, why don't you go first on Dodgers Padres? I agree with you. I think this is definitely going to be by and far the best um, series of the divisional round, maybe of the whole entire playoff run. Um, it's just it's just going to be so exciting, you know. Divisional, two great divisional teams that know each other really well that have played each other all year. You know, you got, got up-and-coming star in Tatis. Uh, you know, you got Machado and obviously you got Bellinger and Betts and all of the stars on the Dodgers. Um, it's going to be a star-studded series, and I'm not really sure if I can pick a winner just because of how good the series is going to be. I will say, though, I want the Padres to win just because I'm all in on the San Diego Padres. Such a fun team to watch, and I think uh, – It's good for baseball if the Padres win. I agree. Go ahead, David. You you can go next. All right. Um, yeah, like Nick was saying, and you know, like I started off with saying, this I think this is going to be the best series of all the playoffs. Um, man, the Dodgers, I, Bueller, Bueller, and Kershaw. Man, Kershaw looked really good, but the Padres' offense is miles better than the Brewers' offense. So we'll see what happens there. I think Clev being out is huge. Do we know if Lamette is coming it's back? High probability that he'll be back. If Lamette, man, if Lamette, he was really good this year. Losing Clev is still big, but we we were talking the other day about this, and I said if they can get one of those two pitchers back, I think they win this series. So I hate to be that guy, but if Lamette pitches, if Lamette comes back, because I think he locks down and wins whatever game he pitches, the Padres win the series in five games. All right, so let me let me be the one to throw the water on this Padres fire here. It's still the San Diego Padres. We've talked about the Braves never winning. We've talked about the Twins and Indians. The Padres don't win crap either. Let's be real here. They're an exciting young team. I agree. Um, I if they won this series, hey, I I'd be happy for them. You know, I love seeing um, teams that never you know, really take off, do well, because let's be real, in most sports, it's, you know, like basketball, it's the Lakers and the Celtics. Every damn year, they, it's the same teams and LeBron and 
in in NFL, the Patriots and and you know the Packers and every every the, the same teams are good basically every year. Baseball is one of those sports that like it changes up a little bit more than others, and I want to see a new team like the Padres do well, but. You know they barely got by the Cardinals. You know, the, the, like you said, the first game, the the Cardinals, you know, put the put the hurting on them, and then game two, the Cardinals were up six two again. And if the Cardinals just learned to play a little better defense and a little more clutch hitting, the the Padres would have got swept. So again, without Clevenger, uh, even if Lamette comes back, we don't know the condition he will come back in. And he was very good to start the season. I think he was close to a no hitter and things like that. But then. You know, as time got on, you know, he wasn't as good. So I, I the the Dodgers are let's not forget the the fact that the Dodgers are still pissed the hell off. You know, they were robbed of maybe two World Series, something no one's really talking about. Yeah, the Astros cheated in the 2017 World Series, but the Red Sox cheated in the 18 World Series and they lost that one too. So like they're pissed the hell off. And the Astros are, you know, coming up again. The Dodgers want probably more than anything to meet them back in the World Series and take care of business. So I'm picking the Dodgers because they're just, again, speaking of playoff experience, the Dodgers do choke a lot, but they choke deep. You know, this is too early for them. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to pick the Dodgers. The Padres will be a very good team for years to come. They need to go get a pitcher in the future. But, um, yeah, I'm, it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of uh, showboating and a lot of, you know, swagger with Tatis and Machado versus, you know, Betts and, and Cody and, and Corey Seager. And this is going to be a great series, man. I just want a really good series. I want some bat flips. I want somebody hit in the back. I, I want I want it all, man. And this series has the potential to give it to us all. But I'm going to pick the Dodgers uh, in four in five. I want it to go five. So we're going to say five Dodgers in five. Yeah, no. Uh, so that's everything in the playoffs. One more thing that I did want to bring up that's really interesting about all these series, except Braves Marlins, is all these series have had big altercations throughout the regular season this year. Yankees Rays, we you know we know what happened there. Astros A's, Loriano charging the Astros. Doug Dodgers Padres have been you know hot back and forth with each other all year. Um, so I think these series are going to be really heated. I wouldn't be surprised, like Glenn said, you know, a pitch in the back, uh, you know, some really big bat flips. I, I think, I think this round of the playoffs, I mean, even all the way down to that Braves Marlins series is all must watch baseball. But, uh, now that, now that we're through the playoffs, um, obviously the regular season is wrapped up. So we're going to talk about what, who we think are going to win some awards, around the league. Do we want to start out low to high, high to low? Where do you guys want to start out with on, on awards predictions? I mean, MVP and Cy Young are pretty much equal-ish, I guess. I mean, you, yeah. you, we can just start with whatever. Let's start with the MVP. All right, let's 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 start. Since there's two NL guys in here, let's save the best for last on the go-arounds and go AL MVP first. And Nick, it's your league. Take it away. Hmm. All right, so for the MVP... It's a tight race, and it's not a tight race. Like, there's there's a lot of guys that could win it, but I don't think any of them have really separated themselves enough to really be the front runner. Uh, between, I think I think Bieber, even though he's a pitcher in a shortened season, has a would have a strong case. Um, obviously, Abreu and Tim Anderson on the White Sox have a strong case. Trout's always always there, but I think the man that should win MVP and deserves it the most, even though his team sucked. 
in the playoffs, but that doesn't count, is Nelson Cruz. So I think Nelson Cruz is going to – should be the AL MVP. He's just been so good, especially at his age. I think Nelson Cruz should be the AL MVP. As far as the NL MVP goes, obviously Tatis was great for a good majority of the year, but he kind of tailed off at the end. I think I'm – I'm not really too well-versed in the NL MVP other than Freeman, right? So it's between Freeman and Tatis in my mind. Um, I think Freeman should win. I think Tatis probably will win because everybody just forgets about Freeman all the time, even though he should probably have at least one MVP right now. Um, so, yeah. So, Nelson Cruz and uh, Tatis are my two picks. All right. Well, I'm uh, – you brought up some good points in guys that, you know, could win uh, AL MVP. Um, Shane Bieber is an interesting one being a pitcher. I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot more about this from Glenn, so I'll leave that one alone. Um, my pick for AL MVP is actually Shane Bieber's teammate, Jose Ramirez. And Jose Ramirez got off to a really poor start to start the year. And like he seems to always do, but something just clicked in him. He was the hottest hitter in the month of September. He really led the Indians back to a decent playoff spot. I mean, there was a point a week back of the season where they weren't in the playoffs anymore. And uh, and Jose Ramirez, I mean, even that last week, he hit like 580. I mean, it was just nuts. Um, he's the only guy in all of baseball this year with double-digit home runs and stolen bases. So, I mean, you know, that's just kind of cool, whatever. Um, Jose Ramirez is my pick in the American League. And for the National League, I think this is the year that Freddie Freeman finally does get recognized. I think Freddie Freeman's going to take the MVP. Tatis' stats really don't look even that great anymore. I mean, he's still good, but, I mean – he doesn't, he doesn't lead his own team in OPS. He doesn't lead his own team in average. Um, but I think Freddie Freeman's going to win the MVP. He's top three in some really major categories. He had an OPS over 1,100 at, you know, I mean, an OBP that was 120 points higher than his batting average. So he's getting on base all different sorts of ways. I think Freddie Freeman finally gets his MVP this year in this weird 60-game season because who better to win it than, like Nick said, a guy that gets forgotten about a lot. So I got Jose Ramirez and Freddie Freeman for my MVPs. Glenn? Uh, I'll start with the NL since we're pretty much unanimous. Um, Freddie Freeman's going to win the MVP. He was the most clutch hitter in baseball this year, probably the best overall hitter in baseball this year. Gold glove defense at first base. Everything this guy, everything this man, and runners in scoring position, one of the best in base. Everything this man does, especially this year, has just been professional. Um, and just he does it the right way. Uh, I hate the Braves more than anything in the world, but Freddie Freeman's a guy who you can't not you can't hate him. He just does everything the way it's supposed to be done. One of the best baseball players in the league, and he's going to get the MVP he finally deserves. And in the American League, there's someone you guys forgot that carried a team that was, like we said, projected to win the World Series, and everyone got hurt except for one guy, Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt led the American League in home runs. Luke Voigt, when the Yankees had lost like nine games in a row, they everyone the Yankees aren't making the playoffs. Oh, my God, what's going on here? They were 16-15 and 15 or 16-14, and 14 and everyone was out. Stan was out. Judge was out. LeMahieu was out. Uh, Torres was out. Everyone was out, and the only man in the lineup to save this team from the most embarrassing missed playoffs ever in the history of the Yankees was Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt carried that team when they had nothing else. And his name just keeps getting forgotten 
And again, just like a Freddie Freeman, he did he does everything in a professional manner. He's a guy that no one really ever talks about, even though he led in the American League. By the way, uh, the Yankees are the first team, I believe, to have a guy lead an average and home runs in the same season. Um, you know, Luke Voigt gets not enough respect. And the Twins were very good. You know, this year they had uh, a bunch of people on that team. You know, Cruz is a very respectable choice, but he had some backup all year long. And Jose Ramirez, you know, he had Lindor. Um, Bieber on his own team might take away some of his votes. I just feel like that alone gives it to Voigt because there's, you know, maybe LeMayhew will get like a, a late vote or something. But Luke Voigt, to me, was the AL MVP. He literally saved a team that baseball would die if they were in the playoffs and New York were just the papers and, oh, my God, forget it. Because, again, remember, the Blue Jays came up like a couple of di- a game difference. The Blue Jays are the second seed, and the Yankees may- don't even make the playoffs. So, yeah, I- I'm giving it to Luke Voigt, someone that seems to be, f- you know, forgotten. So those are our MVPs. Uh, David, you want to talk about the uh, Cy Young? Yeah, I will start out with the Cy Youngs. I'm going to start out with the National League Cy Young Award winner. Um, I think a couple of honorable mentions here that I'm going to shout out. Um, Glenn, sorry, I don't think Jacob DeGrom is winning Cy Young this year. Uh, Hugh Darvish is another guy that I don't think is going to win it. Corbin Burns on the Brewers, late push. He was really good this year, not Cy Young winner. I think it's going to go to Trevor Bauer. Man, the dude was just really entertaining this year. I know there's a lot of guys out there that don't like Trevor Bauer, but nothing on Twitter. I, man, I I just, I just, I really, I really like watching Trevor Bauer. Even when he was carving up the Brewers in the regular season, he had a 1.73 ERA. He pitched 73 innings, struck out 100 batters, only walked 17. I I just think overall he had the best year for a team that you know, made a really late push into the playoffs. And towards the end of the year, he was pitching every three days to help his team get there. So I got my NL Cy Young is Trevor Bauer. And the award that I think is the easiest award to give out out of all of them, the American League Cy Young, Shane Bieber. We were talking about him on our MVP talks. Um, I mean, his stats this year, he pitched in 12 games, 77 innings, struck out 122, only walked 21. 1.63 1.63 ERA, a whip under 0.9. It, he he was he was the best pitcher in baseball this year, and uh, so my AL and NL Cy Young picks are Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber. Nick, all right. So also, uh, like David said, uh, the AL Cy Young is Shane Bieber. There's no, it's, you know, Kenta Maeda was good, Garrett Cole was good, um, but it's Shane Bieber. No more discussion needed. Now, the NL, a little bit closer. Um, so I do think Trevor Bauer is going to win it, no matter how much how insufferable he is off the field. He's a beast on the field. And I think he will be the NL Cy Young. But uh, my dark horse is a man we know well and has won multiple Cy Young awards, and it's Clayton Kershaw. He had a, he had a very under-the-radar year. He had a 2.16 ERA and a .84 whip. So he was... He was vintage Kershaw this year. No matter how how uh, short of a season it was, how little innings everybody pitched, he was vintage Kershaw. Um, so I think you know he has a chance. He's not going to win it. Bauer will win it, and obviously Darvish and Max Fried were good. Yeah, so Bauer and Bieber as well for me. All right, yeah. Um, me, me, and uh, Nick and David here. We're talking about MVP 
about like last week. And I was like, Shane Bieber needs votes because in the in the year that was shortened, pitching uh, was so important to a lot of these teams. And a lot of teams didn't make the playoffs because of pitching, Phillies, Mets. Um, I, and it just Shane Bieber was just unreal for the Indians. Props to him for, you know, winning the Triple Crown. Um, people say that wins don't matter, but when you ask any single pitcher, what's the most, you know, what, what stat means the most to you? It's a team winning ball games, And uh, it sh- probably shouldn't be used too much to say, Hey, this guy won 20 games, but at a five ERA, he's the best in baseball because he won the most games. No, I don't think that's the case, but wins are still important because that shows that the team wins the games that you pitch in. You know what I mean? So it's still a big deal to me at least. Um, and Shane Bieber, you know, that was part of the, triple crown win so Shane Bieber was just unreal 122 strikeouts like these guys said uh he was the man he's the Cy Young there's no need for a debate but shout out Liam Hendricks who uh doesn't get a lot of love at 14 saves this year 37 strikeouts in 25 innings with a 1.78 year right he was amazing for Oakland uh a lot pitched in a lot of close games at the A's probably should have lost if it was anybody else but he he held it down and you know un- unreal job by Liam Hendricks this year now for the NL Man, this this was a tough call. Obviously, David is correct. DeGrom will not win his third straight. Uh, he was in it. You know, he was one of the few guys that uh, threw like 100 basically in the seventh inning every single game. Uh, but, yeah, DeGrom is not. He, he probably won't even finish in the top five. Man, this this is tough. Man, I'm, I want to say you Darvish, but <sighs> a couple of starts, you know, two of them just just hurt him you know his era could have been like 1.5 and it wound up going over two because of those starts um and in a very very close you know central division this year him and bauer just probably you know saved their teams basically it's tough i don't really know what to pick like nick said though shout out to kershaw who also had an amazing year uh shout out to zach davies for the padres who when we we talked about their pitchers we didn't mention him he was unreal he was seven and four with a 2.73 era um, you know, he was really, really good and basically saved them as well. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it to Darvish, uh, you know, 93 strikeouts in 76 innings should have had one of the best ERAs ever. If it wasn't for, again, one start balloons your ERA in a shortened season. You know what I mean? So he definitely kept the Cubs from yeah, again, collapsing even earlier than versus the Marlins. So I'm going to give it to Darvish because of, you know, his stats and, uh, you know, pitching for the Cubs. He was also eight and three. So one, one eight of his 11 starts, that, that's pretty good. So I give it to Darvish. Shout out Max Fried as well, though, by the way, like we said before, who also, you know, when Soroka went out, they needed an ace to step up and Max stepped up and was absolutely dominant for them. Seven to no with a 2.25 ERA. So yeah. NL Cy Young, Darvish, AL, Shane Bieber. All right. And then, uh, yeah, th- no, let's, uh, yes. do you want to do rookie of the years? rookies of the year real quick um i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the lead on this one i'm gonna start out um because i think the nl rookie of the year pitches for the milwaukee brewers and his name is devin williams uh he pitched in 20 or 22 games this year 27 innings pitched a 0.33 era he only allowed eight hits all season he struck out 53 batters in those 27 innings only walking nine I think he's the future closer of the Brewers, but I think they kind of want to use him in what the haters' role used to be, like that seventh and eighth inning kind of guy most of the time. We'll see how it goes. I think Council kind of learned a little bit from doing that two-hater, so we'll see. But Devin Williams, I think, is 
100% the National League Rookie of the Year. Shout out Jake Cronenworth, though, for sure, from the Padres, who had a really good year, but he cooled down a lot. Kind of around the time Tatis did. Interesting. But And then for the American League Rookie of the Year, I think this is another one where a lot of people have been going back and forth. Could it be Luis Robert? Could it be Kyle Lewis? I don't think there's really anybody else in the conversation other than these two guys. But I don't think this conversation is a very tough one. I think Kyle Lewis takes home American League Rookie of the Year fairly easily. Um, I mean, the dude had more hits than Luis Robert. He had They tied in home runs, um, but he walked more. He struck out less. He had a higher batting average, higher OPS. I, I think Kyle Lewis is just – I mean, yes, Luis Robert gets, gets the upside because he was doing it a lot for a good team. But I, I think Kyle Lewis takes home the American League yep. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, so I'll start with the AO. Um, having played against Kyle Lewis, you know, in the first game of the season, he took Justin Verlander deep. I was I didn't know who who the hell Kyle Lewis was, and he just took the Hall of Famer deep. It made me quite upset, especially because I blame him for Verlander getting Tommy John. But that's beside the point. So obviously Lewis was good. You know, I got to, I got to watch him in the AO West all year. Um, you know, just rake. So it's obviously between Robert. And I think Lewis was better consistently this year. I think Robert will end up being the better player in the long run, but that is for years down the road. Uh, so, yeah, I do agree with Kyle Lewis. And then I think it is between Cronenworth and Devin Williams, but I think Cronenworth comes through because I think it's hard for pitchers, just like it's hard for pitchers to win MVP, it's hard for pitchers to win Rookie of the Year. And I think Cronenworth did more to help a team get into the playoffs than Devin Williams. I mean, I don't. Th- I think if it wasn't for Devin Williams, the Brewers for sure don't make the playoffs. But can go. Uh, yeah, go ahead, I, and go ahead. So the Kyle Lewis Robert thing was really interesting because it was two dudes that like it was back and forth for a while, and then all of a sudden Lewis Robert went like two for fifty or something like that and just killed his chances. Kyle Lewis is the AL Rookie of the Year. Not to mention the fact that. Uh, if you watch MLB Network or ESPN Top Plays, Kyle Lewis is basically on there, you know, once a week making catches, robbing home runs, and you know, hitting bomb. Everything Kyle Lewis did this mm-hmm. year was. And real fast, let's give a shout out to the Mariners that didn't make the playoffs this year, obviously, but they have a very good young team that's going to be good soon. Like Mariners, another team that never ever makes the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be fun to watch soon. You know, Kalenic's coming up, Rodriguez and Kyle Lewis and. Uh, they've got, man, even some pitchers like, you know, Justin Dunn. Uh, I thought he was going to be nothing when the Mets traded him, but he has a chance to be something good, you know. If they keep Marco Gonzalez, who was one of the most highly coveted uh, pitchers, you know, in the trade deadline, and he wound up staying, maybe he said something that he wanted to stay. So uh, the the Mariners are going to be, you know, pretty decent in the upcoming year. So shout out to them and Kyle Lewis, who should be the rookie of the year. Uh, Lewis Robert, like Nick said will be the better player. He's got way more power. He's got, you know, more speed. He stole 10 bases uh, last I checked. I don't know what he got up to because he didn't play basically at the end of the year. But, you know, uh, really good player. for Again, another, White Sox going to be another good young team. So, yeah, Kyle Lewis, AL uh, Rookie of the Year. And for the NL, I'm going to agree with David that without him, the Brewers – Brewers should have made the playoffs anyway, let's be real. And then, and then Williams, like – I agree. A lot of games were really close late, and he just shut the door down. And if Cronenworth would have stayed consistently good, 
he would have easily won it because he was on fire. Everyone was talking about him in, you know, it was like late August, early September, and he just mm-hmm. died off. Same thing with Tatis. Like, Tatis lost the MVP because he died down as well. Uh, I believe both the Padres cost themselves both, you know, uh, awards here. And I'm going to go with Williams and Kyle Lewis winning the Rookies of the Year. Yeah, so I – real quick, I agree. I think Luis Robert is 100% can be the better player than Kyle Lewis. But, I mean, even if Kyle Lewis can put up numbers three quarters of oh. like this for a career, that's a pretty solid career. Um so real quick, um, we're gonna I'm gonna throw in a little segment here that I wanted to get in just because I don't really see or hear a lot of other podcasts about the ba- best baseball video game out there, MLB The Show. Um, so I just this episode I'm just gonna do a real quick little recap of a couple things that dropped this week. You know, some content updates that you guys need to know about if you play the game or if you're interested in playing the game. Um, not sponsored either, by the way. So SDS, you know, hit us up. First things first, the new uh, ranked seasons opened up at the beginning of the week. We finally got our 99 Albert Pujols. He can play first and third. He looks like a beast. I definitely want him on my team. And then today we got the ninth inning that dropped. Uh, and the three bosses are all 99s. We got Honus Wagner, Kenley Jansen, and Jimmy Fox. Uh, Honus Wagner has a bunch of position flexibility. They upped his power a little bit this year. Uh, obviously really good speed and contact. Uh, Kenley Jansen was probably the best reliever in MLB The Show 19, but I think with everybody having already seen Mariano Rivera all year, Kenley Jansen's got the same pitch mix. It's just going to be a different arm angle. I don't think he's going to be as tough to hit for a lot of guys that have been facing Mariano Rivera a lot in this year's game. And then I think, for me, the easy choice in this program is going to be Jimmy Fox. All of his hitting stats are above 100. He can play first, third, and catcher, which I think is really huge. Might be the guy to finally take Biggi- Craig Biggio out of my lineup. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, so those are just some quick content things that I want to touch on from MLB The Show just because, like I said, I only know of one other MLB The Show podcast that's out there. So if I can just mix in a little bit of what I do the most uh, – the most, literally, what I do the most uh, – I wanted to do that, and it was baseball-related. So for our next segment, which is based all around the title of the podcast. Right, I'm so obviously we are minutes. the You Bet 8th Podcast. So we want to celebrate the 8th hitters of the world, especially in the MLB. So I'm going to go through and get the best and worst performances of the wild card round now that they are over. So I'm going to start with the worst of the worst, right? So for the absolute worst performance by an eighth-hole hitter in the wildcard round was Kyle Farmer. In the, he plays for the Reds. In game one, he went 0 for 5 with two strikeouts. That's just pitiful. We need better from our eighth-hole hitters. We, he can't be representing us like that. And then as a little side note, Dexter Fowler went 0 for 4 with three Ks tonight. But in his defense, with runners on first and third and a chance – to save the game for the Cardinals, he hit a ball to the wall that just just a little gust of wind would have put that thing over the wall. So we do have to give him a little a little a little credit for that. But in the end, results are all that matter. He went over four with three strikeouts. And the best eight hole hitter performance of the wild card round. As much as I hate this man because he looks like an alien, it's Brett Gardner in game one. <laughs> Caillou. 
Caillou. In one of their, the gang series, he went three for five with three RBIs and three runs scored. Uh, so that was by far the best performance out of the eight hole in the wild card round. Um, let's hope with all these with all these exciting matchups in the divisional series, we'll get we'll get some better better performance out of our eight hole hitters. Um, maybe hit them up on Twitter, try to try to encourage them. You know, a little you know, just we need you to we need you to stick it out for the team. Every time a team uh, tweets out their lineup, we gotta we gotta tweet out at their eight here, like, "Yo, man, you better show the hell up today." But hey, you know what? Shout out, shout out, Brett Gardner, I guess, for being the very first uh, best eight hole hitter on the You Bet Eight mm-hmm. podcast. And uh, unless you guys have anything else that you want to touch on, I think it's time for Glenn's. Uh, Glenn's joke yeah, I just of the week. want to say two so, things. Glenn? Number one, I batted fourth in high school, okay? I was not an eighth hitter. However, I'm not hating on the eighth hitter because our eighth hitter was actually very good. Uh, but I batted fourth. I think David batted leadoff, and Nick probably did bat eighth. So at least Nick is true to the podcast name. All right, but here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I am bothering the podcast. <laughs> here we go. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say two jokes weekly, um, and this is going to be – <laughs> Very cringy, but let's just see. Guys, how do baseball players keep in touch? They touch base every once in a while. Next joke. <laughs> Next joke. Oh, even less than an animal. A man anyway. leaves home. <laughs> Takes three left turns. Then he's on his way back home. He sees two men in masks in his house. Who are they? Uh, Rona survivors. Close. The catcher. And the umpire. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, those are my two baseball Boy, jokes that one was of tough. the week. And unless these two gentlemen have anything, anything else to add, we will close this bad boy out. David and Nick, anything? No. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening All to good. the first ever You Bad Ape podcast. Uh, me, Nick, and David are three baseball fanatics. Uh, it is our favorite sport. We can talk about it all day long, and we will talk about it all day long. We will try to get you weekly podcast. We did not go over our World Series prediction and things like that because we will get that to you in the next podcast. We do have a baseball page, Smash Mouth Baseball. Give that a like. We post a lot of funny memes on there. Uh, we will be posting the podcast on there uh, as well. So if you're listening you know, to us from there, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, I am Mets King, as you guys know. Uh, David, you can give them your tag real fast so they know who they're talking to or listening to, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the only Brewers fan on the page. My tag is Euchre Squad. And real quick, just because I don't want you to forget it, don't forget the You Bet 8 Twitter. Make sure to go give us a follow over there as well. Uh, I'm screwed before host. tag on the page. Yikes. But, That's right. but all right, those That's are our right. tags on the page. All right, like Glenn. David said, go and follow the Twitter. Uh, we might make an Instagram and some other things, but for now, that's what we got. Thank you guys for listening. Like I said, we will come to you weekly. We hope you enjoyed. And remember, batting eighth is still a good thing. Take care.